Gospel of our Saviour Christ, according to St. Matthew chapter 23, beginning at the first verse. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore do whatever they teach you, and follow it. But do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others. But they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, but they make their, their phylacteries broad and their fringes low. They love to have the place of honour at banquets and the best seats in the synagogue, and to be greeted with respect in the marketplace, <coughs> and to have people call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all students, and one and call no one your father on earth, for you have one father, the one in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts and the meditations of all of our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Why are you here? What did you hear in the Church of Ireland Theological Institute Chapel on this Wednesday evening? How would you answer? What would you say is your motivation for being here? Hopefully you'd say it's because of the call of God. Hopefully you'd say that you sense God's call in your life. You're here in response to a love for Jesus that you want to give your all. That your commitment to Jesus has brought you to this place of surrendering your life to him. Of wanting to give your all to him. Some of you are here because you're answering the call of God to serve the church in full-time ministry. And this can look different for different people. But you're part of the process of becoming an ordained minister in the Church of Ireland. Some of us are here because we want to serve God through the work of mission. And those of us who are part of AMS are here because we want to meet together to encourage each other and to support each other as we work to seek to grow God's kingdom through mission. Some of us have been at this for a while. Some are new to the job. 
And some of you are here because you respond to God's call to be the teacher of teachers. You're here to educate, to encourage, to build up and to strengthen and to nurture faith in those that are here. You're seeking to grow and nurture the ministers that will transform Ireland in the 21st century. your enthusiasm. There may be only a few of us here, but we have very many motivations and reasons why we're here. But at the heart of it all is that sense of the call of God on your life. And I remember, and it's not the day I guess away, when I sat where you are. It's now 19 and a half years ago when I walked out that door and I never thought I'd be standing on this side of the lectern. <laughs> the passage that is our gospel reading tonight is a passage that comes with many challenges to us. It is filled with warnings and yes, it's an encouragement, but it's loaded with warnings. I want to take us through that passage for a few moments tonight. Jesus begins by reminding us that we're to teach by example. We're to teach by example. He begins by saying the Pharisees and scribes sit in the seat of Moses. In other words, they're, they're teaching God's word and it's a word that needs to be listened to. And that's the role that we aspire to teach God's word, to recognize that we've been called by God to this role. We've been sifted and tested. You've been tested by the church at different levels. From the people who saw something in you that God was at work, your home rector perhaps, who encouraged you to take that first steps towards exploring your faith. To those in the diocese who examined and questioned and watched those who done that selection process to a bishop who saw something in you that encouraged you to come. So Jesus is confirming the call to teach the word of God. But here comes the first challenge. He doesn't wait too long until he gets into it. He says, Listen and do what they do. Sorry, do what they say, but not what they do. In other words, you've heard the phrase, practice what you preach. Haven't you? We've all heard that. Do as I say, but not as I do. I used to say that to my four sons all the time. Do what I say, not as I do. What were, they, what were they doing that was so wrong? Well, Jesus shares this in two ways. Firstly, we've that sense that they were saying that this is the way to live. And then they were doing something very different. They were living life themselves. Now, you're going to find very quickly that when you go out in the parish ministry, that the rectory life is like living in a goldfish bowl. 
you'll find very quickly that the parish will know very quickly what you're doing, what you're like, and they'll have worked you all out very quickly. They'll see if what you're saying on a Sunday is how you're living on a Monday. Are you doing what you're telling your people to do? Matthew 28 and 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All nations. It starts in your parish. It starts with your neighbours. If we want to see the church grow, in a time when churches around Ireland are struggling, when many that are growing are only growing with those who are annoyed with the church next door and they've moved down the road to visit their neighbour thinking it'll be better there. When commissions or ministries and dioceses are looking to realign parish groups. And we want our people to go out and encourage their friends to come to church, to bring their neighbours with them. But you know, this only works if we're modelling that too. Are we encouraging those who live beside the rector to come with us to church? Are we reaching out? Are we showing hospitality? People will only show what they see us show. We lead by example. Paul tells us in Romans 2 and 21, you who teach others, do you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that you must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, dishonor God by breaking the law. Remember, we need to be people who practice what we preach. We need to live out the message. And then Jesus goes on to say we need to keep it simple. You see, the message is a simple one. The gospel, at the heart of everything, Jesus tells us in Mark 1 and 14. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. That life-changing moment is a simple step of surrendering your life to Christ. In Romans 10 and verse 9, Paul tells us, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Sadly, the Pharisees, they didn't keep it simple. They complicated things that were simple. Jesus says, at the end of Matthew, that we didn't read in verse 23, in Matthew 23, 23, he says, You hypocrites, you tithe, mint, and dill, and cumin, have neglected the weightier matters of the law, of justice and mercy and faithfulness. How different was this for Jesus? Jesus who says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Why? Because his yoke is easy, and his burden is light. We need to be careful 
that we're not creating burden <coughs> in the small things and missing the big things. We must major on the majors and not on the minors. You see, it's not about what people think. The Pharisees, Jesus said, they do all their deeds to be seen by others. They make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. It's not about what people think. You can be the rector that does everything that's popular. You can tell all the funny stories in your sermons. You can be the life and soul of the party. Everyone will love you. But is that really changing the eternal salvation for people? Jesus warns of the dangers of going after position and status and allowing that to go to our heads. In a word, he says, it's pride. Pride consumes us in our position and status. But the call of Jesus is to be humble, to be the servant of all. Don't expect to sit at the front. Don't expect to be in the place of honour. What about being in the hallway? What about being the one who is the first to go to clean the toilets after something has happened in the church hall? To tidy up. The greatest among you, says Jesus, shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humble, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. But don't get distracted. Paul picks on the, up on this in a reading in Thessalonians. You who labor and toil, he says, we work night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you when we proclaim you, to you the gospel of God. Paul doesn't want anything to distract people from the word of God. He says, we exhort each one and encourage you and charge you to walk in a manner worthy of God who called you into his glorious kingdom. This is not an easy calling that you're taking on. It's not an easy road that you're going to walk. This Friday, I had the wonderful opportunity of going to South Remzori Diocese in Uganda at the, at the invitation of Bishop Nassim Papaluka to be part of a mission that he's holding for 10 days. I would value your prayers, if for nothing else, for the salmon to keep going, because the bishop has sent me through a program and he says, we will meet in the morning for morning glory at 6 a.m. And we stop that at 8, that's prayer by the way, prayer and ministry and worship. We stop that at 8 and we give you a half an hour for breakfast. And then we're going to do door to door from half eight until one o'clock. And then at one at half one, we'll, from one to half one, you get your lunch. And then at half one, we're going to have an open air in the market. And he says, we're going to keep preaching until it gets dark, which is six in the evening. And then you can have your dinner. So I value your prayers for strength. <laughs> and he says, you make sure and book your ticket on the return home, he says, for two days after the mission, because you need to rest before you go home. You see, I just love that man's passion. He has said that he wants us to preach to, well, he said 1.2. Now, I think if we get 100,000, we'll have done well. But he says 1.2 million during your time with us. 
I can't wait and full of excitement and maybe Morris will give me an opportunity to come back and tell you how I got on. We'll see. But uh, it's wonderful to see the enthusiasm. But what is it about? It's all about stepping out of faith. You see, I want to finish with Joshua chapter 3 and verse 7. God told Joshua what was going to happen. God explained to him exactly what was going to happen. <clears throat> but here's the thing. Absolutely nothing happened until Joshua told the people, the priests, to step into the river. God told them what was going to happen, but nothing was going to happen until they took the first step. And in my ministry over the years, I found that continually with God. God would give me a sense of what's going to happen, <coughs> but until I step out, if you like, until I'm being willing to become a fool, to be made seen sinner, God doesn't act. But once I step out, once I take that step, God moves. And I love that in the story of Joshua. We see that he is willing to take that step. And as you go out into your ministry, can I encourage you to keep that before you? Keep that sense of taking the next step, being willing to take on the next challenge, not holding back. Because if we sit in our church, pretty soon we'll be just talking to ourselves. But if we go out, we can bring others in. That's the power of the gospel. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you for the warnings that we see in your word and the challenge that's in it. And Lord, just help us, Lord, to be people who are willing to step out in faith, to take that bold step of going with you. Lord, the first step has been to give ourselves to you, to be here, to be willing, to be a channel of your grace, of your love and your peace, to go out into the church, to encourage and to strengthen and to build up the church. So Lord, help us not to hold back, but to be willing to always take that risk of following you, even when it seems a little silly to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.